Welcome to The Lumber Word, where industry veterans Matt Beamer, Greg Riley, and Ashley Buckold dissect the world of commodity lumber each week. We bring you up-to-date insights on supply, demand, and market trends, sharing our trading expertise to benefit everyone in the supply chain. Join us for informative and entertaining discussions that guarantee to make you wiser about all things lumber. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to The Lumber Word. Uh, This is the podcast where we talk about lumber, everything lumber, and take Matt and Greg and my ideas and uh, try to come up with some kind of conclusion what we should be doing real quick. Let's uh, let's throw the disclaimer out there. Lumber Word podcast is dedicated to engaging conversation about the lumber industry, including trading ideas, market trends, and evaluations of overvalued and undervalued assets. We wish to emphasize that the discussions and opinions expressed in this podcast are purely for informational and entertainment purposes. They should not be considered as financial investment advice. We encourage our listeners to make their own financial decisions, taking into account their unique circumstances and financial goals, and to seek professional financial advice if necessary. Oh, there we go. We got it out of the we, way, boys. You know, and for the crowd that listens to this, they, uh, you know, yeah, they should definitely consult somebody. You know, because uh, <laughs> this is strictly for, this is strictly for entertainment value. That that's great. I wanted to, to start out. This is our our first show in a couple of weeks. I was over in Europe for a week. Got back, jumped right on a plane with Greg, and went over to Columbus, Ohio for the Knowledge Show. So we were looking forward to kind of breaking down. The Knowledge Show was in Columbus, Ohio. Actually, ended up being a great venue. And what we're going to talk about on the show a little bit today is um is what the market has done over the last week. We'll help Matt talk to us about that, and then general feedback from the show. We're going to talk about some of the economics we heard about overvalued, undervalued items, what's going on with housing, multifamily and single, and uh, and then just kind of talk about some other things. So I think the first cool thing uh, to talk about is what happened in the market this week, Matt, and really in the last few weeks since I was out, we had a night, we've had a nice little run. Things look better. We got through our seasonal weakness in the third week of October and uh, you know, what did you see this week? Well, I've seen, um, I guess the best way to characterize it would be people that I consider to be smart, you know, what smart buyers, I suppose, are paying more to get what they want. And the, the tally is the, the more important thing right now than, than the price, which for most of the last three months, let's say, you had to win both. You had to win the you had to win the tally and the price, you know. And and it seems like the the price is less important now than the the tally, and and they're paying more for what they want, which is to me that's a sign of of underlying strength in the market. Matt, you know, from obviously where I where I sit, you know, it feels very like spruce centric rally, yellow pine not really participating. How, how how solid was the the U.S. West? Did you see the same level in that? It's all Western U.S. and Canadian species right now. It's just full steam ahead at Hampton. So whether it's green dug fir or dry dug fir, dry hemfir, dry spruce, just everything that we make is has been trading in significant volumes, and we're getting more for it today than we were on Monday. So overvalued, undervalued. I just want to touch on that quick. I know, Greg, when we were flying back and we were chatting, you made the comment of, hey, some things moved a lot and some things didn't move much at all. 
And I think just listening to what, you know, Matt, Matt, what Greg and are we're looking at, like, so two by four, nine footers move quite a bit. Two by four, 16s continued to firm up. Two by, but two by sixes, even though they've moved a little bit, they haven't had the same kind of move that some of the other items have when had. You, when you look at the market, I mean, look at if you go back six, seven, eight weeks, two by four, eight footers were premium to two by four, nine footers. Two by six, nine footers were still, I mean, while the premium had closed from a couple hundred dollars, they were still they were still at a premium to two by four nine footers. You look today, and now eight footers, you know, twenty twenty five dollar discount. Two by six nines, twenty twenty five dollar discount to two by four nines. I'm talking Eastern Spruce right now. I'm not sure if those numbers all hold up the same in Western U.S. species. Matt, did you see the same thing there? You know, I can tell you my opinion about the. Uh... Well, damn, man! That's all we want is your. We want. We want your opinion. Yeah. Come on. No, I. Okay, so this is both based on fact and history, but yeah, you're right that that the eight foot was a premium and now it's a discount, and two to six studs were a premium, and we we joked about them being overvalued back in August, and now they're undervalued. But the point really on if you want to look at two before eight versus nine, just look at the calendar i mean it's uh we're we're going into thanksgiving and christmas the home center business really this is kind of a lull a lull time of year for them between now and say middle late february and so eight footers are going to be available but what happens you know come uh spring season when the when the retailers want to start piling up some inventory of premium eight footers are going to start doing that sometime in February that generally will last all the way through into like September, October. This is the time of year where if you like to buy premium studs, you should have your PO book open and be looking around because uh, they're, they're going to be available to you in some limited quantities, both East and West. Whereas, you know, for nine months of the year, you can't buy them because they're all getting programmed out. Yeah. Hey, Ash. So, you know, you left a couple of weeks ago. I know you had a fantastic trip over there, kind of a sound of music trip kind of thing, you know, up in the, the mountains of Switzerland. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty cool. It was more of a re it was a more of a Ricola trip. <laughs> but so we, we, you know, we saw, we felt there was some, sh there was short covering going on there. And that we, you know, we felt there was good. That last call we had was, yeah, the market's kind of at equilibrium. We were talking about the seasonality. You know, one of the things over the last week or so, I've been surprised at what, the realization about how underbought the market really was, then that's end user distribution, brokerage. You know, when guys are telling me, you know, uh, like uh, earlier this week, uh, going, oh, no, this guy's still trying, he's trying to cover shorts. I'm like, what? What? We spent a lot of time walking around the show. Our Matt, we went there. Our biggest thing was when I say the show, the North American Wholesale Lumber Association show. We wanted to come back with an idea where everybody's head was at. And I always have the hardest time not trying to just justify my position, but find out if I'm right or wrong on some things, right? How did you two determine that uh, inventory's so light? 
I determined that inventories were light because how aggressively people were asking me for shipping information. Not even due. Is that shipped yet? I mean, and God forbid that I, the, the email was like, that. oh, that was due on, the, the due date on the PO was Friday and it was Monday. Uh, also RFQs, right? Like there was a there was an air pocket in RFQs for, when I say they're always coming across, right? But there sure. was a while there where there wasn't, you know, Greg and I always laugh sometimes because we'll spend a lot of time filling out RFQs in the morning, right? Some of those just disappeared for like three weeks, some of the volume. Sure. Yeah. When you've got the uh, corporate bigwigs telling people to to get their inventory down for year end or quarter end because of, you know, cost of money and all that stuff, what do you expect? So that's good. That kind of leads me to my question is, so if we've had two to three weeks of, you know, correcting oversold and some, in, you know, we've clearly been inventory accumulation when, you know, people are buying cars that ship 1120 and 1127. That's lumber, depending where you are in the country, it's coming in. That's a Christmas present for you, right? Yeah, it's, that's first quarter lumber. Right. It's so, that's exactly what I mean. So people have been buying lumber for the last, you know, week, 10 days, by and large, for first quarter business. Right. And I, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm just positing is this is so, is that because they want to get in front of what they perceive could be strength because of year end shutdowns? Well, uh, I, I will say one thing. We sat down, Greg, with a, with a handful of people that do forward pricing, buy it, sell it. And it, it seems there was in the last week, pretty good amount of people sending inquiries over for forward, for forward pricing, right? But they were carrying a big, a, a decent, not not tremendous, but a decent one. But the forward number is a big number relative to the spot market. So I think a lot of people were probably buying for the first quarter of their forward needs and putting them in a warehouse. Yeah, there. I mean, we know that we know that there were some of that, some jobs that were placed for the first quarter. It was buy and hold because of the premium. Ash, I don't. If I we can deviate on this, there they did have an e economic presentation there. A uh, guy from the Association of Contractors. He's not was not a real lumber guy. He was kind of more of a overall like building products, not lumber centric, but like everything lumber's part of it. And one of the things that I missed that one, Greg. Did he tell everybody what they want to hear or what they? Uh... He was. I mean, he, he there was a there was a lot of numbers, which is okay because I'm a bit of a numbers geek. You know that. I mean. We got in there. With, we got in there with uh, Paul Janke at FEA, and I mean, he, he he was throwing stuff at me. I thought it was porn. I really did. <laughs> Good information. So, so I was with with you talking to that, but go ahead. Yeah, What's your no, feedback so on the economics? His like the the takeaway I had. There was a lot of stuff that was like drib drib drib. So here's a funny side story. I walk into the presentation, and there's you know one of the NALA staff. And there's a guy standing there and I, I don't know, I, you know, whether who he was or whatnot. I go, hey, so is this guy any good? He goes, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I go, really? He's going to be any good? And so he gives me his card. I didn't pay no attention to it. He goes, well, you know, let me know, like during the presentation or after, after whether it's any good. And so next thing I know, I see him up front. It was the guy. It was the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I went, oh, okay, yeah. You know, I go. I guess I rallied him for it. Uh, but the, my takeaway was 
here's the 45 minutes in a nutshell. U.S. economy probably not going to necessarily go recession, but growth slows next year. And that's based on the basis that there's still too much money fl flowing through the system. But when and then digging down a bunch of stuff that I don't really care about, but he's multifamily is going to be down 25 to 30 percent next year. That's his projection. And then we followed up that conversation with Paul Janke at FEA, who kind of reaffirmed that he said, yeah, we think single families kind of flat and multifamily will be down. You know, his number was maybe 20 percent, right? Paul's information was interesting because single family was now, if I'm thinking right, he showed us a PowerPoint on his. 70 percent. 70 percent. And here's the hard thing I always have. And in, in also the positive thing I get out of these. My brain wasn't caught up to where the actual stats are at this point, if that makes sense. I was still thinking we're we're probably got some more downside on single family. What I heard was single family has already leveled off, maybe went up a little bit. And because of the actual houses under construction, there's an ample amount of wood, of homes still being built in the pipeline. And the square footage of homes has stopped going down and has actually started going up because in these type of markets, the actual homes that are getting built and sold are going to some, a, a larger percent of them are going to higher end buyers and larger square footage. So what I heard him say, Ash, was that while housing starts may fall some, Mm -hmm. Lumber consumption has already bottomed out based on the whole cycle time and, and and like where things are in a project. That's what I heard. And as as you know, we had a lot of um, you know, dialogue around that and drilling down and yeah. and, and whatnot have you, things that and because and because of the single family home percentage moving a little bit north of the multifamily and he, he kind of threw out the less lumber used in multifamily more right well, lumber there's, used, there's more in, lumber single used family. in single family than there is in multifamily because you know i mean every skyscraper that gets put up is multifamily you know skyscraper of residential that gets put up concrete and then, it, what inter one interesting conversation we had you grabbed a treater on the floor and said hey have you done your business with the home centers yet right and the treater was like Yes, most of that is already in the books for part of next year. And one of the big home centers expected the one same or a little slight, less. One was slightly up and one was down. Right. Yeah, one so projected there was, higher, yeah. one projected lower. Right. And Matt, I don't know if you have that info from like from a Hampton perspective on, you know, volume. No, no, I, I think I think that that is that jibes with what what we're hearing, you know, just consumption is going to be about the same for 2024 from that retail segment and and i've talked about single family and how i'm bullish on single family just because they can kind of control their own destiny with financing and you know they can build a smaller house or you know they can throw in some custom stuff for people whereas the existing home guy can't or buy the mortgage down to four point four and a half. Yeah, yeah. For that's what I mean. Years. Like they they can play around with the money. What you're hearing about multifamily and what and what we're seeing with multifamily bids and job quotes for the first quarter is the opposite. So we're getting flooded with 
with orders and inquiries all, all of a sudden here in the last three, four weeks of, of people that want to cover themselves up for the first quarter? I mean, I guess maybe the whole business is just going to fall apart after the first quarter based on what you're saying about a 25% drop. But I don't know. We'll see how that really develops. Let's talk about production. Okay, so we just talked about consumption. Let's talk about production. And Ashley, you asked earlier about, you know, you mentioned something about production. And, and I guess, yeah, I mean, people that are out there buying lumber for the 20th or 27th or even first week of December, are they are they making a gambler's bet that there's just going to be less lumber around in the first quarter? I mean, I think so. Well, there's always less lumber around the first quarter because it's the lowest production quarter of the year. Fourth quarter is the highest and first quarter is the lowest, mostly due to weather. Well, the way I the way I described it internally this week, I said, hey, look, Hampton's one of the healthiest, you know, financially uh, solid companies in the in the lumber business. And if we're losing money at most of our sawmills, if not all of them, then I'm sure everybody else is, too. And the math, the math just doesn't work. I mean, whether you're a Canadian producer or a U.S. producer, even a yellow pine guys, that math in, you know, in Alabama, it's not working very well. So my, my, my question is, how, like, how much production curtailment does Hampton have announced right now? I don't think anyone's going to announce anything. And that's the other side of the coin here. I, I don't think, you know, the big publicly traded companies in Canada are going to say anything. I think they're just going to do it. And, you know, the only way we'll hear about it is from Scuttlebutt, or if you happen to know somebody that works at a sawmill, they might talk about it. But I think Hampton and, and other companies in the in the Western United States are probably going to take, you know, that Thanksgiving week off and probably two weeks around Christmas off, maybe even three. And I just think there's going to be a lot less production, you know, over the next six weeks than then that assumes neutral weather, right? So what happens if we get winter storms and ice storms and yucky weather that we tend to get sometime in December and January? That can also throw a, a kink in the in the production side. But yeah, I, I just think whether it's Canadian production or U.S. West production or even yellow pine production, I think there's just going to be a significant amount of lumber not produced over the next 45 to 60 days i really do i agree that you know just like because you said is it's you know the holidays and whatnot i mean there is there's no question there's going to be less lumber produced in the next 45 to 60 days i agree and we're already running at a pretty low rate right now i mean if you look at what's coming across the border uh every month it, from canada we're we're sub a, a billion board feet right now i don't know it just it feels like in in my opinion, people have gotten really complacent about buying lumber and, you know, just figure they can get it whenever they want it, whether it's from the ports or whether it's from me or whether well, it's the, from and that's, a and that's the seasonal. I mean, if, if anybody listened to our, our call, we said that, you know, lumber bottoms the third week in October and we're like, it basically happened. It basically happened. It bottomed the third week in October. There's seasonal strength now through the first quarter, right? I mean, there's no question about it. Greg, we looked at, and Paul and a couple other people had those slides that show each market segment right. for mills. And yes, Matt, you're right. I mean, there even European mills, Central European, uh, other parts of Europe are, here's, this, here's what I came up with. It seems like everybody is losing money 
but an, and but still have enough hope and not enough yet to pull any real significant production. When I talk significant production, I'm talking significant production. And a matter of fact, some of the mills we talked to are looking at this little rally and maybe getting bowled up again where we talked to one importer that like i mean he had the horns on i mean he <laughs> took i mean i he was like you know i whoa i mean i needed to go whoa whoa, whoa. he was he was like boomtown again yeah but but the overall feeling um when i walked away from there people were uh to the bullish side neutral to 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 bullish some people very bullish, right? Market, the, yeah, I guess. I guess if you know, it, it'll kind of been a debrief standpoint. You know, if I'm in, you know, the CIA and they're like debriefing me from a, from my op, there's a general backdrop that everybody has of concern about higher mortgage rates. You know, all of all of that negative stuff. But things have continued to be better than they thought they were going to be, and so. They think things are going to be just fine next year. Yeah, and I'm just like I'm not like I'm not like super bullish like your Euro buddy, because um, there are you know there are mitigating factors in our business, and there's a reason why lumber prices have gotten as low as they've gotten over the last you know three four months. Um, but I'm I'm bullish because of the market makeup, you know the time of year, right, and just. Uh, you know, historical seasonal factors that that tend to re to repeat themselves. You know, this year, let's look at let's let's look at this year as opposed to last year at this time. Last year at this time, people were shedding inventory from the third quarter because uh, we had pretty high inventories at that time. Yes, and there was and there was a huge amount of fear about how much business was going to be down in 2023 i mean guys were throwing like 1.1 million housing start numbers right they were like the, right. the negativity about the next year was 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 high yeah and the and yeah. the euros had 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 made it like a i don't they know had, a decision somewhere along the line to just bring a ton of lumber into the u.s without selling it first and so i mean there was some different things going on last year yeah. at this time yeah. than this year we're coming into the final stretch of the year with much lower inventories in the field and the euros aren't bringing big chunks of lumber over here unsold and the sawmills are all looking at curtailing because they're getting their teeth kicked in on the money side i don't know um, you know just man, I'm, just like, gonna, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, gonna buy lumber i'm just gonna challenge the curtailment like thesis matt from the standpoint of Lumber mills shut down because they have too much inventory and they can't sell it. And lumber mills shut down for extended period of time because they've lost money for too long and they're losing too much money and they have no hope. So yep. all sawmills have, from also, most sawmills have lots and lots of cash still from COVID boom time. They're all losing a little bit of money and they all have a lot of hope. And they're able to sell everything that they make every day. So let's talk a little bit about uh, about some of the meetings we had there, Greg. I thought the CME meeting was pretty cool. Yeah, we had a great meeting. We had a great meeting with the CME. So one of the things we talked about is the success of the new contract 
right? Ash? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty happy with the with the volume and uh and actually it becoming it 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 actually gaining traction pretty well, starting to. They were ecstatic. I'm like, oh yeah, you get ten thousand open inches. Like, you know, when you get twenty thousand, let's break the let's break the champagne, <laughs> let's break the champagne but, but, bottle out then. I mean, you know, ten thousand. But, but 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 we uh, you asked you asked a good question. You said was a smaller contract bringing in more participants, and they said yes. Yeah, they did. They did. That's right. Yeah. You know, but the two things we said, the two things we would, two things that I took away. Number one is I said, how many deliveries have there been in the three expirations? Zero. The sign of a really good contract is that there, no one does delivery. That's because typically if people are making and taking delivery, it's because of something structurally flawed in the makeup of the contract. So that was a big, big plus. Um, I will say they're going, they're creating a uh, EFP directory on the CME website. So people, and and that, did they say they were creating like some frequently asked questions and or tutorial? Well, they were, they were talking about they were talking about what would what would help people in the industry under understand how simple EFPs are to participate more. And I said draw a chart with stick figures <laughs> and people on a rotary a rotary phone doing an efp to show how simple it is but uh but they basically they're basically going to put I a mean, directory out that may be too complex for our industry ash yeah but they're going to put a directory out and then uh, the real thing i'm excited about is they're talking about a potential southern pine contract coming out yeah that was a really exciting conversation about how that would be structured and i mean i think the opportunities given Given how much Southern Pine is produced, that I, I, I think the, the industry, that would be a boon to the industry for sure. Yeah, and just real quick, while we're on the CME thing, um, we got expiration next week. The board is still carrying, the CME Lumber Futures contract is still carrying, based on what I saw was traded today in four inch, a, a premium to the four inch market. And that uh, in that January Nov spread continued to go out a little bit. What's your what's your guys' thoughts on the expiration? What's going on with the futures, the back months, etc.? Forest is uh, openly available to EFP with um, any long futures players. Please, you know, contact Ashley or myself if you'd like to EFP. We have a wide range of opportunities from eastern cars delivered in the Midwest, European spruce in uh, the south, the southeast, and Texas. And you know we can we can come up with some other sweeteners too if, if if so be it. Great idea. And I did send my information back to to them on the to get us on the EFP. That, that's under uh, the, direct, that's under directory. the shameless self promotion plug right there, Ash. I mean, no doubt. The other good, the cool thing was uh, Matt. We got to run into all of our old uh, block alumni that are are all over the world now. We had we had a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, it was I good. Mean, uh, but what hey, else is there to do in Columbus? Well, here's here's the cool thing, Greg. Greg and I were walking around the floor separately a bunch of times. I thought it was cool, Greg. How many people said that they listened to the podcast? You know, I was surprised by some people and other random people that uh, you know shared their input. I mean, it was mostly all positive. We did uh, we did get some we did get some good feedback. One of them um, was you know how much. While they may think we're okay, they like it when we have guests on. Yes, we've we've kind of been recruiting um, a guest schedule for the next uh, for the next for the for the next month or so. Yeah, 
Right. And then it was great how somebody ran us down at 1030 at night after dinner and said, hey, if, I love listening to it. But if you charge me for it, I'm not going to. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to have I don't want to have to pay. But, you know, it's class. You know, that's classic lumber people. God, I love that. Right. Yeah. we love Yeah. Stuff. But I mean, we picked up. A, we heard some good things. And anybody on this podcast can go to our website, uh, thelumberword.com and, and give us some feedback. Uh, one of the we heard things to you know some of the younger people that listened uh, think think our demographics are a little old and white, but uh, we had I don't feel that way at all. I think no, you're only as we old do a as good you job. Think, you're only as old as you think you are, Ashley. You know. Yeah, well, we we could do a good job representing some of the uh, some of the people that need to understand um, some of the terminology and different things we speak in the industry and help some of the younger people move along through the industry also and and get some some more decent uh, some guests on here, which you actually were lined up a bunch of them while we were there. Yeah, yeah, no, we got some good with. I'm thinking we. I think I'm thinking like I'm thinking Russ Taylor for next week. Talk production. Yeah, we got right. We got Russ. We talked to Chris up in Wisconsin. We've yeah, we got, got yeah, uh, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Paul from FEA wants to get on. And hey, you know, one thing that I loved about FEA was the fact that they're doing real prices now to price lumber uh, in the market, right? As a publication. Right. They've got they they're they're collecting real time transactions that are the the actual numbers that transactions happen at not like putting their finger in the air and making something up think about Mm -hmm. that there'd be less lag in the market on the reporting that they're gonna they're gonna have some real there's gonna be a real uh real competition going on there between the different publications now that they're doing that so everybody thank you for uh for waiting for two weeks for this podcast to come out with all the traveling and uh and shows we had we really appreciate you being on here come and visit our website at thelumberword.com promote our show for us. Give us any ideas of any guests you want. That kind of concludes today's show. And uh, hopefully you get something out of it. And we'll look forward to, uh, to getting your feedback and hearing from you next week.